Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where we take a casual stroll through the world of hospitality by chatting with its most colorful characters. Yes, indeed we do, Danny. Woo! Woo indeed, sir. Yeah, what's up? Uh, well, Danny, if you recall, we recently had a conversation about how your seat in a restaurant can affect your dining experience. We did. Do you recall? I do recall. So I can confidently tell you that I recently sat in the worst seat in the house (laughs) while while eating out. (laughs) Uh, Well, we went out to Twin Anchors. It was me, Shannon, and our friend Aiden. Love Twin Anchors. Yeah. Favorite old school rib place. Very charming. Good history. Good ambiance. Busy. So just to get a seat, I consider that a victory. So grab grab a bar, a, a drink at the bar, and then you get seated. Unfortunately, we were put in the corner... And I, I took the seat facing the wall. Yeah, so that's nobody sh- puts baby in a corner. But people put Tim in the corner as yeah, the hostess Tim at Twin Anchors. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Not, not a big deal. But that, that was that was strike one. So kind of facing the corner of the restaurant with mm. everything else to my back. Not but, a sweet vantage point. Not great. But, you know, again, not a deal breaker. However, that particular corner also houses the women's restroom. Mm. So got, that's a high traffic area and a busy restaurant. Very high traffic and yeah. possibly stinky wasn't stinky i'll give him that cleanliness points yeah very pc very pc (laughs) uh however strike three is that the women's restroom shares like a corridor with the kitchen Mm. so you got you got a lot of people converging there you've got servers cooks yeah a lot of cross-pollination a lot of cross-pollination not ideal so you know i'm getting bumped in the shoulder yeah not ideal body bumping is probably the, yeah, the I, least you know me i'm anti-body bump always have <laughs> yeah, always have been yeah. personal space yeah, i appreciate about it. it yeah <laughs> so anyway i thought i thought you might get a kick out of that and and i will say that it did affect my dining experience it hmm. i always enjoy going there yeah but it wasn't the best experience. yeah i'd like to think i could rise above it but that seems like you had a lot of odds stacked against you you wouldn't be able to rise above that danny yeah well that, that could ruin your all mind. right time to sit me at twin anchors in the corner seat the tim tierney I, spot i think they should call it the tyranny challenge it's where <laughs> yeah. you have to sit there no they call that spot the tyranny triangle yeah <laughs> you gotta yeah. look at a wall and a women's restroom the and trifecta it's beautiful yeah the tim trinity and if you survive and enjoy a full plate of ribs <laughs> then you should get a gift certificate oh, or 100 percent yeah well anyway i'll tell you a place who that doesn't have a bad seat in the house let me guess go ahead is it me tokaya you're right how'd you guess well because this week's guest is diana davila and that's, that's right. her restaurant that's right so i figured you were going to tie it in somehow very good and uh great we foresight have, we have a great episode for you this week um diana talks about her journey um which is filled with ups and downs ultimately leading to the opening of one of the city's great restaurants me tokaya one of my favorites and so without further ado, here's our conversation with Diana Davila. So Diana, you're a Chicago native, correct? Mm-hmm. You grew up in the Burbs? Uh First, kind of all over the place. I think that's why I, there's like pieces of my life that I always like remember. Um, I'll tell you when I moved to the Burbs, though, I fucking hated it. it was, <laughs> I just hated it so much, uh, especially coming from like in city background where, you know, like it, it just felt like a lot more diverse. And not that I knew what diverse was then, you know, but I feel like 
now I could speak to it like because mm-hmm. then it was literally like all white and everybody looked the same. Yeah. Everybody talked the same. Everybody was like, it was just really boring. So, so did you start yeah. in the city and then moved out to the Burbs? Yes. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Which uh, neighborhood in the city? Uh, well, first in Pilsen and then to Chicago Ridge. Chicago Ridge was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, and then to um, Homer Glen, which is like Orland, mm-hmm. yeah. near Orland. Yeah, yeah, my in-laws live out there. What I liked about it was that like, you know, riding bikes and doing like it was was really nice because it was just beautiful houses everywhere yeah and how come you were moving around so much um just parents i think that when they came here they just you know started out really small then moved into a bigger house and then like this was like yay we made it we got this big house now. Woo-hoo, yeah, yeah. You know? it's kind of the natural progression. <laughs> That's you cool. The yeah, city. you kept upgrading. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like, especially if, like at that time too, I feel like that was like the thing to do. You know, like uh, like looking back to it's like okay, like now you move to the suburbs. Like mm-hmm. if like, you know, it's kind of like a making it thing. You know, yeah, yeah. houses are bigger. It's just. Better yeah. schools. That is the trade-off, though. You lose some of that culture of the city. Yeah. Your dining scene gets a lot Especially because we would go out all the time to yeah. eat. So then we would still come back to the city and, like, do our going out to eat. And my parents would take us out to eat all the time. Like, we would even have, like, some epic days where we would, like, spend all day. Like, we would have brunch at the Drake and then go to, uh, like, ride bikes like on lakeshore and then like just go to random cool restaurants my mom would always go to like the trendy chicago magazine restaurant at its time okay so you Um, had foodie parents yeah and then we'd always end with tacos like every single time you know always the same tacos or different uh you know what always different yeah like it would always be like again like this is when we would like moved it to the suburbs and then would come back and i think they missed it too you know like so maybe that's why so it's like i always remember like on our drive home and my dad would just look at my mom and be like nos paramos por unos tacos and then she'd be like haz lo que quieras filiberto you know like (laughs) so like the 18th street stop and then like we'd always stop and have like tacos somewhere and are any of those taco places still around today you know i don't even i wouldn't even remember um like again it would just be you know when you're a kid like you don't really remember like you're just like yeah yeah you know but yeah there's like a totonilco tacos i remember going there with my dad by ourselves um we'd go to yeah whatever was open like comales or anything yeah, yeah. yeah. Before so there were like a lot of comales. times like you don't even know the names you know like you would just take us to random spots that's cool and your parents both worked in the food industry right um yes um yes and no you know it's funny because i look at my dad as sort of my both my parents as they always had their own jobs and then they opened up taquerias um later and I think it was just, I think it's like one of those things too. I feel like a lot of immigrants do like opening up their own businesses, you know, um, so it was like of entrepreneurship. Kind of like multiple jobs. Yeah. Like my mom, uh, was a nurse and my dad was uh, a mechanic. So oh, wow. they always, yeah. And there's like, sometimes like one would have a job and one wouldn't, you know, like one, cause one would be at the restaurant more, were restaurants more and the or other the recipes. So it'd always be kind of, you know, different times at different you know were the recipes coming from both parents like how did that all 
Um, you know, they, the kind of restaurants that they had, which I think is like the majority of uh, mom and pop restaurants, um, really for anything, you know, when you take a look at like Chinese restaurants or Mexican restaurants, was, it's all like you notice that they're all kind of the same. It's because it's just really, um, you know, uh, sort of for the American palate. Like what, what's mm-hmm. what's everybody else selling? OK, like it's not like they're like, oh, I have this family recipe like. You know, Mexicans don't have like family recipes like that. Like you ask them how to make it, they're not going to give you a piece of paper. It's like literally like, tengo esa olla. I do this with this, and then you put this. Like even if you take a look at like Mexican recipes in like books and magazines, they're so incredibly vague. It's like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, and I think I mean the trend has been more authenticity, more um, maybe regional cuisines coming from out of Mexico. Now is that mm-hmm. like did you notice that kind of paradigm shift? Um, I think I've noticed that, um, yeah, I think what I've noticed was definitely um, more of a, and I had talked about this like maybe like 10 years ago to tell you the truth. Because even like, again, like we would spend our summers in Mexico. So I had a lot and almost all my family is in Mexico still. So like, I really feel um, we would always go out to eat there too, you know, like, and there's, and I, we went to fine dining Mexican restaurants all the time. And then, so I don't mean all the time, but like, do you know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't anything strange to me. Like if anything, what was strange to me was that um, when I found out I wanted to be a chef and I started working more, like I'm like, you know, I don't understand why it, there's not more of this, you know, mm-hmm. like Mexico's got the best food, the best cuisine, like so incredibly diverse and rich and grows everything. And so, like, I was always, like, kind of, like, surprised. Like, why, why? And later on, even later on, I felt almost kind of mad that when people wanted to go be a chef or culinary student or, you know, like, learn, they would also be, um, you know, like, oh, well, you have to go to France. You know, like, I have a couple cousins in Mexico who uh, uh, wanted to be chefs. And it was, like, right away, it's like, okay, go to French structure, you know. and so, uh, but I have seen a shift, you know, and I think that that's awesome because I feel like the more sort of respect that Mexican food gets, the better uh, because, and it's just, and also to, um, to, you know, especially people who are, you know, living in Mexico for them to, instead of like reaching out somewhere else to kind of take a look to appreciate like what's happening and like their own food and cuisine and to be connected and to be like bringing that would be is so great you know yeah. um because um, you know we need more people again just because you're mexican doesn't mean that you know how to cook mexican food you know it, right. it, like I, I get that all the time it's like oh you're american so you know american food like that doesn't it <laughs> doesn't mean anything you know yeah, yeah um so um i have seen a shift in the last 10 years and i think that that's great where we're it's more, I see more Mexicans sort of wanting to know more about their food. And mm-hmm. um, um, also, I'm sure that Enrique Olvera's success has, has a lot to do with that uh, in Mexico City and then traveling out and like sort of connecting with other chefs. Um, I think that that probably has a lot to do with sort of that dynamic as well. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you know, you chose to go to culinary school in Oaxaca. Was that always part of the plan? Like, 
No, I don't think I ever have a plan. Um, <laughs> but like, I have, have like you a... considered like, I could go to culinary school in a million places, but I'm going to choose, you know, to do it in Mexico. Uh, no, I was, um, I'd love to be like, oh yeah, I had a plan and mm-hmm. I like powerful women. No, I didn't want to go anywhere because I was all stuck on my boyfriend, oh, now okay. husband. Yeah. Thanks a lot, bitchungies. I could have gone to Paris. I could have gone on to, like, my parents were like, my mom even told me, like, no seas pendeja, like, for a boy. You know, like, I'm like, I don't want to leave him. It's so lame. Well, and so, out, and so like. she's, so then that's how, instead of going to Paris, <sighs> She was like, okay, then go to Oaxaca. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, and I didn't know then either, you know, like this is a long time ago. Um, she's like, Oaxaca, you know, is known for their rich uh, cuisine and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, but, um, you know, it's funny because it's, I don't know if she calls it a culinary school. It was very sort of, I guess happened very like organically. Like I didn't know what I was getting myself into or anything. Um, because it's not like if there's like students, students, it's really for people who are like coming, there would be people from all over the world, all mostly, mostly older women to tell you the truth, oh. um, who, you know, wanted to know more about, I'm sure they look like world travelers that like do cool shit with their lives all day. You know what I mean? And this was just another cool mark. But this was this is with Susana's Susana Trilling's um, seasons of my heart. I think that she calls it, and she just got done building it. So I I want to say that we were like the first people to actually be in there. Such a beautiful kitchen and house, and what she was building there it was really incredible. And then also just like Oaxaca, Oaxaca, the city like is beautiful. So I didn't know it at the time, you know, but. Um, yeah, that those are some of I pull from those memories all the time. How long were you there? Um, months. So it wasn't like if it was like a whole year or like a graduation. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, I don't want to diminish it because it it's trust me, it's a beautiful yeah. experience. You yeah. know, like, uh, but it's not like a traditional culinary school by mm-hmm. any means. You know, like students in uniforms and like you know there would just be like classes. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds similar Classes to what Alana and tours did in and Ireland, like a three, like a three month thing. Yeah. And uh, so, was the curriculum strictly Mexican cuisine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Was that where you feel like? I mean, obviously, you grew up with it, and you'd eaten a lot of different places and tried all sorts of stuff. But was that where you feel like you? Got no. <laughs> no, I think at the time, you know. So I first started with knowing that I wanted to be a chef. Um, and when did that start? I was probably like 18. Okay. Yeah, I had like a total out-of-body, beautiful experience being like, I was making some food for um, at the restaurant. I would always kind of like make something because I would work all day. And so we would get, I would go to the market with my dad. I'd pick up like some things that I would want to make. And then um, depending on what stop or where I was at, and then I would get there, and right away I'd start like making breakfast or early lunch for for everybody. And so it was during when I was making uh, 
where was Montulenios at all of a sudden? And it was like right around that time where it's like everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going over here. I'm going to this college. I'm going to do this. And um, what is this egg dish? Like what makes it? Where was Montulenios? Um, so it's a. Mm, I'm going to get. In trouble with Danny, can lessons. you translate Montulenos? Is that yeah. the word? Montulenos, like coming from Motul. Okay. Um, Danny, Danny was a Spanish major, so I was testing. Oh, really? Trying to, trying <laughs> You're going to put, gonna put him on the yeah, spot? Exactly, yeah. I didn't know the word. <laughs> um, so it, it's like a, it's a dish that I love that I'd always have. Um, well, the big story is that my aunt always makes it because um, in their honeymoon, they went to this place Oh my God, I can't believe, I can't remember where specifically. Um, is it Campeche? I don't know. But, um, okay, so she and they were, had this for breakfast and my uncle liked it so much and he was like, oh yeah, this is so good. I love it, I love it. So she went and asked the, uh, the lady how to make it and then ever since then she would always make it for him and then you know, her kids love it, and then we love it, so it's just, like, been something that's been, like, circulated uh, through our family because of a honeymoon. Yeah, mm. did she ever show you her recipe, or you kind of picked it up just uh, watching it? No, you're not listening. There's yeah. no recipes. Yeah. You just ask, or you just watch. Yeah, <laughs> seasons of the heart. Not you listening to me. Heart. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, so... And it's like the same thing, like, and then like you make it and you're like, no, that's not it. it needs this or needs that. Like, you know, like, so I do a lot of kind of just, uh, I almost think sometimes it's like kind of one of my like superpowers. Like I could taste things without ever tasting them. You know, I remember when like, even when I was, you know, in my young twenties, like I like write menus or, you know, and even though I'd never tasted a blood orange for some reason, I knew how it tasted, you know, um, same thing with like, and tasting things, you guys are probably gonna think that this is weird, but whatever. Um, like sometimes when I'm like reading books about uh, Mexican cuisine and like our pre-Hispanic cuisine, um, like I really sort of like put myself there and start thinking about like when it was made and how it was made, and like like I'll have dreams about like how like if I'm there at that time and making it, you know, like um, and then for some reason I know how it tastes. You know, like, because there's a lot of variations of so many things. And I'm just like, I know that that's, I know that that's not real. No, no, a little too away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I always kind of want to, like, get to the gist of what something is. And then from there, like, sort of make it my own. But I feel like in my way, it's honoring still because uh, of what it originally is for some reason. Yeah. You know, but that's just Maybe it's all just mental. Who knows? Yeah. It sounds like you're just really intuitive. Mm -hmm. and my mom would say, well, that's a past life that you had as a cook, <laughs> and you're just channeling that knowledge that's yeah. out there. Yeah. That's really interesting. I forgot the question. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. So, what, so what is this dish? What does it taste oh, like? Oh, Matuleño. Yeah. So it's a uh, tomato-based salsa that is uh, simmered with chorizo, ham, um, and peas lots of cilantro and then that is like sort of on a like pan fried tortilla with some black beans uh the egg and then just like smothered with this beautiful salsa a little bit of habanero chile in there as well and then raw onions uh queso fresco and that's it and it's just like one of my favorite things have so you ever amazing. made it at mitokaya uh or? you know i think i made it one time because i think we've only done brunch one time um and yeah, it was definitely, anytime that I, I feel like I've been asked to do 
brunch somewhere or whatever, like I've made it. Like I've made it at Publican before for a brunch series. Um, I think I'm doing something with uh, Stephanie at the end of March, and I'm like, oh, brunch, got it. Where was Motuleños? You know, like it's just like, yes. Where is this happening with thing. Stephanie? You know what? She hasn't given me the details. I'm just like in my calendar right now. Right, but well, and I knew that that was like it's here somewhere. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Chicago somewhere. Now uh, you and Danny have something in common that you both worked with Ryan Poley. Yeah. That's oh true. really? Danny yeah. was over at Perennial. That's so funny. Yeah, back in the day. That's true. Yeah. What was your experience like? That's so funny. You're not gonna believe this. I straight <laughs> up, he was in my dream last night. I never <laughs> dream of this guy. Okay. Uh, and he was in my dream. So that's yeah. such a trip. You're telling me that. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Are you going to say something about no, it? No, yeah. I mean, Ryan and I had a, had a wild up and down relationship. Um, I was a hired. That was my first gig in Chicago. It's bar backing at Perennial in 2009. And uh, at one point, I was, uh, I was complaining that we didn't have staff meal because I had heard that once upon a time there was staff meal. So I kind of was like... Danny was hungry. I was, I was hungry, <laughs> stirring the pot, and I was kind of like commiserating with other staff members about how we didn't have staff meal anymore and whatever. And uh, this got back to Ryan, and he was very upset with me. So he cornered me in the locker room, and he was like... He basically told me to drop it. And that was uh, that was just <laughs> one chapter in did our relationship. Did you drop it? I'm, yeah, I'm sure I did. I was probably afraid, <laughs> so I definitely dropped it. After you pissed your pants, you, yeah, you let I it go. Yeah, I my pants, yeah, as a bar back. As yeah. A, as a 22 or 23-year-old, yeah. Did you guys have uh, staff meal at Butter? I don't think so, to tell you the truth. No, we <laughs> okay, didn't, no. Right. I mean, I remember never, ever fucking sitting down, I'll tell you that much. You yeah. know, like, that was, like, 9 to, like, 2 o'clock in the morning shifts, six days a week. Yeah, a lot of people came from Butter, right? Really? Uh, or, I wouldn't know that. There was like six of us. That's it. Yeah. So like, you, Ryan, I mean, you, Ryan, obviously. Um, names. Tim, I think Tim was a CDC. He was great. I always regret not like keeping touch with him. I feel like a lot of times I don't, I feel like I'm always like wherever I'm working, like, yeah, I like give it my all. But then when I'm out, like, you know, like I'm, I don't hang out with anybody. I've yeah. never like hung out with anybody. Never like you're random here and there. Yeah. Uh, but like. No, it's like, you know, I want yeah, just always, always to be forward. separate. Yeah. yeah. So how how long were you there? What was Butter like? About a year. It was it was great as in I really loved um the food. I really loved sort of I, I just knew that I wanted to it's like one of those things for some reason you don't know then, but like when you look back you you're like, Oh, okay, that makes sense why like you know, I really wanted to be like in sort of like a intense place where like you're just going to like okay you know um be there all day and really test yourself and learn and um so I knew I wanted to have that like I, it's like sometimes you know that you have to like be just like broken down to like be like yeah okay I went through this one you know uh so it was really great. I mean, it was such a small team. We really did everything together, putting away produce together, like putting like everything, you know, like, um, and I know that he, you know, like the whole team was always working. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we're, we literally were there. It's like the same team day in, day out, opening, closing. It doesn't matter, you know? Um, so in that regard, yeah, everything was great. And, 
um, was it, and again, then it was the times where it's like, yeah, you just accept it the way things are and yeah. you just put your head down and you work and that's it. Or you partake in the other festivities, which I didn't, <laughs> but, um, the other festivities were real, yeah. like real, you know, where, where um, was butter? Uh, on green street in, uh, what is it? Green street in. It's like right around where like Monteverde is, I want to say. Oh, okay. It's like Madison. Yeah. So, no, no, Madison's too far. Like maybe closer to like Randolph Street and stuff. Okay. I don't know what the other side street was. Yeah. But I mean, in that regard, like, yeah, you know, it, it was great. I learned a lot. Uh, I enjoyed being pushed and the pressure at that point. Like, you know, all that stuff was good. Um, but there was also stuff that wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, like not getting paid. Yeah. Um, like I ended up walking from that job because it was over a month that I wasn't getting paid, uh-huh. you know, and it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like, um, how was that? Bullshit that like the chef wouldn't like say anything. Like I remember going up to them and being like, I haven't gotten paid. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, so then no again, transparency. And then again, and then again, yeah. it's like, listen, like, <sighs> I hate to go like on a Spanish rant, but it's just mm-hmm. like, como chingados me vas a decir eso? Like, expect this from me. And then like, not pay, like, how do you feel? Like, how do you fucking sleep at night? Yeah. You know, like, really? Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, it just went too far. And it's just like, yeah, good thing that, uh, and in that regard, you know what? I was lucky, you know, like, yeah, all I had to do was I didn't have like any school debts or credit cards or anything. I just had, you know, just my rent. I didn't have a cell phone, like anything, yeah. right? Like I literally just had um, or a car payment, anything. So it was just my rent. Um, and then I remember having to like, I didn't want to ask, you know, again, then my boyfriend, you know, like, oh, can I borrow some money? Mm-hmm. And at the time it's like, you know what? So I asked you know, my parents, and they're just like, what do you mean they're not paying you? You know, like, they're like, and so, like, really, like, my mom was just like, that, like, no. You know, like, and so, like, yeah, I went to that, and I'm just like, I'm like, I need to get paid, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, no. Like, so, like, they're, I ended up walking. I think it was, like, the three of us. Yeah, you know? so you weren't the only one who left. No. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's... That that was one of the biggest things, and then again, like looking back, it's just like one of those like it, it's like your stereotypical kitchen. Everybody's fucking everybody, and it's just like so much drama and mess, and and it's yeah. I'm sure that influenced how you run Mitokaya now. Probably, um, you know? like yeah, you, you know, I've never been that, that person. Yeah. You know what? Like, I, like I, I've never been that person. I feel like I've always had a sense of like fairness and um i like people (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) i like people so i've also never been of those people who like talks bad turns around and talks bad about like their guests or about like their co-workers you know like i I don't know if it's like i've always been a very confrontational person you know like if something doesn't sit right like if if i'm mad about something or like if i like i will like let them know you know like hey you know what like maybe well i mean as a as a um i guess as like a 
as a managerial position. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't like, I, I just right away. Like, yeah, you want to direct address right. it uh-huh. before it becomes a bigger uh-huh. issue. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, like I think in like, all right, good, let's move forward. You know, so I don't like housing sort of that sort of rancor or like bad energy, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, I feel like that's worked out really well for me to tell you the truth. Sometimes, and I'd rather... I feel like people actually have found that very refreshing. And then there's been a few that's be like, what the, like totally do not like it. And they just like end up walking, you know, yeah. because it's not on me that you can't like confront real shit when it's hitting you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, you know, like, okay, then. Yeah. I can't tiptoe it's around a, you. Right. Like yeah. that's not going to happen. You yeah. know, is that something you explain to new members of the team when they join? You're I do like, actually. Hey, I always tell them that, you know, like, style. uh-huh. Yeah, yes. That's cool. So when you walked from Butter, um, did you take time off or did you jump into something else right away? Um, no, I didn't take time off. What did I do? Oh, you know what? Um, I actually went to a good friend of mine was working at um, at Courtright's in Willow Springs. And I always liked that restaurant a lot. It was just so beautiful. It almost like reminds me of like French countryside, like hmm. just really pretty. And um, Is it still around. It's like no, they ended up closing, but like um, it's just it was. I always felt like if it was just like this perfect little beautiful cottage in the middle of nowhere, and then like you walk into their dining room, and it's like all windows, and it's just like plants and forests and like deer coming up to you like like Sounds fairy tale perfect, like yeah. you know like if you go out there and start singing like you know the wildlife will come to you <laughs> like it's just like and then like it was also like very traditional like in a sense of like how like the kitchen was and then like the dishes and I think at that time I was really I forget what chef I was really sweating but it was like really sort of like very like kicking it old school like French countryside like beautiful simple plating but like um yeah it just looked so I really liked that I'm like yeah you know what like I'm gonna do that and at the time I think I was like riding my bike like way in like the city 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 and then even though I was working all the time like you know I was still in my 20s and still go out and party yeah. when I you know yeah, like you so I'm like you know what I think this is going to be a good change I really like this like and I've um, and I've been there before and I always liked the food and so um were you living in the city and yeah commuting mm-hmm. out? Uh, and so I did that and then I think I was maybe a line cook for like maybe a month and then uh, I got promoted to sous chef and um yeah I really enjoyed my time there too um great yeah, it was just a lot of uh, really liked uh, the chef. The chef was like just a really cool, like sort of old school rock and roll like <laughs> spirit to him. But um, just genuinely loved to cook, and he really sort of uh, um, like nurtured me in a sense of being like, "Yeah, you could do this. Like, go ahead." You know, like I think it was the first time where um, I was able to like contribute and to put like sort of. Uh, dishes together and uh he welcomed that and I never like I just felt really safe and good with him it was great yeah and empowered did you do you remember some of the dishes you got on the menu early on no no and was it was it was it French cuisine as well (laughs) yeah it was French Uh uh-huh yeah it was French 
No, you know what? I don't really remember. I, I sometimes I think about that. Like I've always been somebody who like I don't like to do the same thing again. So like when I put something on and then like um, like I don't like repeating menus and like at Mitokaya for the first time I like repeated a couple dishes like and my husband's like, no, you have to. Why don't you just put a banger on? Like, this is where you're at right now. Like, if you don't, like, sometimes if you're short-staffed or whatever, like, you don't always have to change everything, you know? Like, mm-hmm. also, people love it. I'm sure they're, like, so, I don't know why I'm mentioning that. Sometimes I felt, for some reason, I felt guilty about that. <laughs> but, like, I've always liked making new dishes, you know? Like, yeah. and so, or at, I didn't do any, like, ordering or anything, but, like, I would, it was a lot of hands-on, like, um, you know, really sort of like bringing a team together. What's your creative process like for creating a dish? Is there a certain ingredient that you're interested in that you want to expand on or, or are you inspired by, by traditional dishes that you want to do your own spin on? Um, you know, I feel like it's always different. I think that um, sometimes it's just like anything, like you know when it's time to change. I feel like um, you could sort of feel it, especially now more than ever. I feel like after I... Um, became a mother, like the whole experience of being pregnant and then um, nursing, like you, I feel like, to me anyways, again, like I get like in these modes where like you really feel like Mother Earth, Earth then feels like has a whole different meaning, you know, like because like you're nursing uh, a baby, right? You're nursing a life. And so like you start finding a lot of like similarities in like, like oh yeah, like, we're we're friends, you know, like we're we're sisters. And so like I think when you could feel when the seasons are changing and you just just know that it's time for a change, right? Like and then you start thinking about like what's happening right now, you know, like and you think about whether it's what's the dirt feel like or like what is like your 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 setup into like if or like what's happening right now underneath the earth. Like so then like I just get inspired by what's happening now or like that sort of change um whether it's visual or like you know just feeling uh i guess you call that seasonality right so seasonality um so that and then that could be inspiring um and then also um a lot of times what's like specifically what i'm eating now you know like it could be an example would be like uh we have this dish called uh brusuelas in nogada and that, and we're doing like a cashew nogada sauce, and so that kind of came from because I think we were eating, um, I think we got cashew chicken by accident at a Chinese place, and uh, I'm like, oh, I haven't had cashew chicken in forever, you know, and it wasn't any good, and so I'm just like, <laughs> I, but but like I started just sort of thinking about like, oh, I love cashews are great, you know, like, and so like I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna make cashew chicken. So then like I made cashew chicken, and it was. The bomb, it was so good. And then I just was like, I love cashews, you know, I'm like, how could I do this in a Mexican in a Mexican way? You know, and then like, well, nuts make me always think of a salsa nogada. Um, nogada is literally like sort of just a straightforward nut sauce that's traditionally usually walnuts or pecans. It's like chiles and nogada is a very traditional, famous Mexican dish. So then I'm like, okay, so let's take it from there. Why don't we do a vegan salad? with all of the components of uh, nogada, you know, which is like apples and raisins and preserves and uh, this really beautiful, uh, I'm just like thinking this beautiful white cashew nogada sauce with uh, like a cranberry pomegranate 
uh, miel because normally you get garnish it and the chile we put like charred chichitos in. So all those elements are there, you know. So that's like one way. So, so it's like, a like something that I'm eating sauce could turn into like yeah. you know, or like it could be something that my mom makes and then I'm like, oh man, I forgot about this. Like let me do something like that, you know. Like so it's normally a combination of like what I'm eating. Uh, and if it doesn't fit the Mexican format, I just start thinking, if, like like that one Greek mo- movie, was it My Greek Wedding? My yeah, Greek, Greek, Greek Wedding, yeah, when he's yeah. just like, any word, any word, and I can tell you how it's Greek, or like oh, where yeah. it comes from, like, <laughs> feel like any dish and I can make it Mexican, you know? Like, <laughs> so it's a combination of seasonality, what I'm eating. Um, I mean, sometimes it could be like, I went to the color museum with my kids not too long ago, and then, like, that was just like, man, I forgot how, like, awesome color is. Whoa, you know? where's the color museum? Um, it's at the Sears Tower, yeah. Oh, Yeah, whoa. it's really nice. Hmm. Interesting. Got to take my kids there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, cool. like, fun. Like, it's, it really is fun, and it's, like, inspiring. It makes you feel like a kid again. It's I'm nice. colorblind. Will I get in? <laughs> <laughs> you should we'll get in for free, the, then. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> like, there's nothing for me here. I'm, yeah. I'm with this person. Color only getting half of every Colorblind yeah. discount. <laughs> this episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. So was the plan always to open your own restaurant, even when you were working at other restaurants? No, I never wanted to do that. Um, so how did it come about? I always wanted to be part of like a group, you know, like mm. I, I felt like it'd be really nice to like be part of a sort of like a team that you come up with or like, you know, like a like-minded individuals that are great and invested and love what they're doing. Um, and then, you know, start with one and then like if we open up another one. So like it's like, oh, cool. It's like challenging. So then like you can because at that point I had already worked at Boca too. Boca is actually one of my favorite places I ever worked at. Um, was, I love so, Giuseppe. He's yeah, actually so one Giuseppe of probably my first. biggest influence, to tell you the truth. Oh, nice. And There's he, just like little things that he would say that I would really uh, Roca, fuck with. Right? Yeah. He's great. Yeah. But you worked at him somewhere before Boca too, right? Uh, I worked at um, when I so I went to DC for five years and then when I came back I wanted to look for an executive chef position um, and and while I was looking like so I contacted him and I'm just like hey could I like while I'm looking for a chef gig like can I like work part time as a cook at uh, GT Fish yeah okay oh, love yeah. GT Fish so sad when it I know it was so sad. That was a good yeah. one. Giuseppe is great, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned a, good... a lot from him. Like, I really love the way he was the first chef that uh, that I worked with. That like, I think that really came together with front of the house and back of the house. Like, um, like knocked down that whole like, oh, back of the house doesn't like the front. Like he, you know, like Took really the boundary away. Yeah, you know, like like to respect what they do just as much as they respect what we do. Like, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're in this together yeah, sort of thing. Team. And I don't even know if he like was conscious that he was doing it, but like, I think I was just observing that and I really, really like that. So, um, that, um, also like doing 
special things for guests, like, because I think at that time, too, like, it was, like, again, that sort of bullshit, toxic mentality of, like, oh, no, what do you mean sauce on the side or, like, any kind of mods? Like, he, like, Mm -hmm. never cared about any mods, like, and he's, like, okay, yeah, we could split this, like, why don't we, like, and he'll even take it upon himself to be, like, we could split this, like, oh, okay, they're going to split this, like, we'll make it four ways. Do you know what I mean? And then... Uh, and nobody would ever dare to like tell him otherwise, you know, like, yeah. uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, he would just like be really, I think he was just um, part of being a chef, I think is being a gracious host. Right. And I think that he really embodied that. Um, and then always, he would always be like, you know, really simple, simple. And then there's like 15 things. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in my head, I'm like, this is not simple, chef. There's a lot of things happening here. Yeah. Not that it was a bad thing. I loved it, right? But like, I just always thought that it was funny. He'd be like, you know, just simple. <laughs> um, and yeah, I always loved his cooking style. Like, I feel like it's really just like clean flavors. And he always has like, he I feel like he always does sort of a complete dish. You know, like, and I, I really like that. It's like the right amount of things, and it's a complete feeling, you know? So, um, yeah, I just, I think that he's great. And I then, think you also have similar communication styles, direct. You're not like, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's like if he has an issue, he tells you, yeah. communicates it to you. It's not like, there's no yeah. going behind your back. There's no dramatic stuff. It's all very Yeah, he was never, uh, like, and then also, I, I feel like he was the first, like, I don't mean first, like, that sounds like if I'm, like, talking bad about other chefs or something, but, like, he was, like, um, very mature, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like he was um, very, like, I'm a grown-ass man, and this is, like, grown-ass food, and this is, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, like, uh, like, a really sort of, like, powerful leader, you know, like, where it's, like, he, he knew who he was, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, in a very good way, you know? And so, like, I feel like that was great. Um, so I very much enjoyed th- That was probably... And then also, like, I met um, Kevin and Rob there, and they were always... This is, like, when they had the office in the basement. <laughs> like, yeah. it was... It was... Before Goat had really And you could everything. feel the magic, you know? Like, I felt the magic there. Like, I'm like, oh, man, like, this place... Like, they're gonna do great things. Like, there's so much challenge... So much challenge in this basement it's like it's incredible you know and um and I that's when I that was the year that I I left for DC so and they wow. had they were uh uh honing me to be a sous chef and I, that was kind of hard I remember going down there and like Kevin was in the office like another office lady was in the office uh, what's the beverage director's name over Sh- there was it Schiller at the time I think so I don't ben and then Schiller. and then Giuseppe yeah. and uh you know like I'm giving him my notice and like um he's like it's okay because then I start crying I'm like I have to go because I'm like I don't I'm like it was just like really I'm always very emotional I cry all the time you know like anytime I have something that's like you know it's just the thing that I do right and yeah. so but they must have been like they couldn't like chef couldn't even be mad at me you know like because he like felt so bad for me <laughs> so yeah um so what was the opportunity in DC my husband got a promotion, a big okay. promotion. And, like, he had always told me that, like, hey, with this job, like, more than likely, um, you know, like, I, they ask you if you're down to move for relocation. And um, um, 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. You know, like, I'm like, what are we talking? New York, California. Okay, yeah, I'm down for all that. You know, like, yes. And then they came back with DC. And this is like back then, right? And yeah. so I'm just like, DC? I'm like, what? Yeah, probably didn't like, have the dining what? I'm like, what's now? in DC? You know, like a food snob, like total Chicago food what, snob. And what year is this? 2007. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's different. I think. Oh, DC's it's so different. Off. Oh my God, it's so yeah. different. Yeah, when I went to DC, um, um, I had in my head, I'm like, oh well, Jose Andres is right there, right? Like, I'll just work for him, just like, just like that, right? Yeah. Um, and when we got here and we started like going out to eat, like, yeah, it was just like, oh my God, all these places are so 10, 15 years ago. You know, like, mm-hmm. they all had like star, like old old chef names, you know, like, and they're all basically, like, rich people, boring food, like, surf and turf, and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. a, not, not a, but, you know, like, it's like, you know, like, I look at myself as an artist, I feel like, first, you know, like, this is the way I like to express myself, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I feel like, so I don't mean to, I know I don't, it always sounds like if I'm no, just kind a terrible of a person and stuff, menus. but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. so, um, and... I also just got shut down everywhere, you know, like that was like an awakening because like I thought that I had a good resume and, you know, and I'm a damn good fucking cook, like mm-hmm. very good line cook. Like I, you know, I had confidence and like I knew that I could work anywhere, right? Like I feel like I deserve my place to work at any kitchen, you know? And to me, it was just like, well, you just have to try, you know, like I've like... That's most of the time, that's how I get my jobs. I could literally knock in the alley, like, you know. And so, uh, no, I just would get shut down everywhere, 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 everywhere. Mm. Um, Was there respect for Chicago as a culinary scene back then? Like, were people looking at your resume and at least recognizing that? Or was that, did uh, it not hold any weight at that time? You know what? I don't think so. Most of these kitchens, honestly, they, they, they were just all Central Americans. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. like honestly, I didn't even see a lot of like aspiring cooks there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's wildly expensive in DC uh, to live there. It was like, wildly expensive, and so I just didn't see kind of, which was also kind of uh, strange because it's always a mix. You know, like I feel like it's always a mix at places that I would work at. You know, like it would be uh, your Latinos and then like your students, right? Like because it's just that's the thing like when you try when you think about it, it's like yeah okay well 85 dollars a day is not a lot of money like so you no. go for like bigger jobs and they they would pay better definitely pay better but the cost of living there is crazy you know yeah um what does your husband do that brought him out there uh for nordstrom so he would manage their um he was a regional manager for um their espresso bars oh, hmm. so he was like in charge of all those all of you know, DC is everything is so close. You know, like Carolina, Philly, um, Virginia. Yeah, I'm probably missing some. No, but yeah, he was but going like, down yeah. So he would, like he would have to be traveling everywhere. Interesting. Um, yeah, but it was. I finally got a job as a sous chef because that's what I was looking for, um, and I tried to like go into. You know, I went to Jose Andres' place, and it was. Yeah, they, it's like literally one of those things. I think it was the first time I really kind of felt uh, like sexism. Like I'm like really like I feel like they were they looked at me like if I was just like this little girl that like and like laughed at you know I'm just like mm, okay yeah 
And yeah, and then like same thing in, um, you know, um, once I did get a sous, sous chef opportunity, there was like a lot of great things about it. And then there was the not so great things about it. The great things about it was that um, um, I really loved being under uh, Ashok Bajaj, which owns Knight's Bridge Restaurant Group. Um, I had never seen an owner be so like, I mean, he, he would go to every single restaurant, like he would go to every single restaurant and literally be like, okay, where are we at with this? Where are we, like financials, prep, service, you know, like, and then he would go and like eat at every one of his restaurants and like, and, you, and it's not, he was just so involved, right? And um, I remember when I did my tasting there, he, uh, um, you know, like looked at me and had like a little twinkle in his eye and he was just like, you know, you were good, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and it felt so special, right? And uh, ever since then, like he would always like, he's the one who taught me how to do like Excel spreadsheets, like I would do invoice, because uh, uh, I had never done that in Chicago. Like that was kind yeah, of like, there wasn't even written prep list, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like that was the first place where um, like he taught me how to do financials, you know, like he really took me under his wing and then he would come in to eat. Um, end off his nights nights that I was working and he would like ask me like just make me whatever you want you know like and that would be really cool for me you know like I really liked doing that and learned a lot and then from there that's when I started learning how to like I just designed my own sort of station sheets and prep sheets and invoice logging and like that's when I sort of like learned how to do all of that it yeah. seems like so, so it seems like that experience kind of set the foundation for you too be able to open your own place is that kind of where that that started or so you're no i, guess I never wanted for... to open my place because i again i wanted to be part of a group mm -hmm. i wanted to like and also like you know it was it was hard sometimes seeing my parents and the challenges that they had with their restaurants oh, you yeah. know like it, it's and i you know they're still together and uh but yeah there was sometimes where it's just like the fights and like it really you see what stress does to you you know yeah. like and i'm just like i don't want to do that like and you know, I always like they're they're small they're small, right? And they have like yeah, taquerias and like but like they still would do everything. They would do payroll, they would do like go yeah. to the banks, like like they like they would still manage everything, you know? Uh not like prep prep wise. Like they would every now and again that they would cook. So like when I always worked for these like restaurants that were, you know, like bigger in that sense and had general manager, had an owner, or had like so bigger bigger sort of teams, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I always was like, oh, the team is the way to go, you know? Like the team is the way to go. Like I'm not gonna do all, it's too much, right? Yeah. And um, so that's why I, you know, that's kind of what I always wanted, you know? Really wasn't, it was from a lack of opportunity that I ended up doing this, you know? And I'm happy for it, you know? But yeah, I mean, honestly, even when I, you know, I worked at Jackie's, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to because she's like the best boss I ever had. Like I've never had somebody who was like so, a woman who did everything. Like you would never think of it just looking at her because you could just see like this like, oh no, she doesn't have like, because she's just wild, right? Mm -hmm. But like she did everything. Like her and uh, Patrick were great. They really let me do anything I wanted, you know, like go with the menu, like and where go with the ordering in DC. Okay. And so like that was Jackie's and then we would do sidebar, which is like food for, and like that's when 
uh, the whole cocktail experience was like it was like on the Washingtonian in the, like the cover like and then we opened so I started getting that what I wanted right like because and then it was like Jackie's was the center restaurant but then we had this cocktail lounge and then we opened and then they had this like whiskey Corey house which was like whiskey beer like crazy whiskey list and beer basement burgers um, and then there was chuchos so then like I, I was like getting there right like this is like oh I love this and stuff the only thing the only thing was that I didn't want to live in DC yeah. you know like I, I didn't want to live in DC you know like it just didn't it just never felt like home I hated that every time that like we wanted to go um, we had some time off. It's like, go to Chicago, go visit everybody. It's like, that's this isn't a fucking vacation, you know, like yeah. coming home to see your family. Like, I want to like go. Then also, like at that point, my daughter was going to be two. And it was just like, you know, I want her to know her family. Like, mm -hmm. my, I'm, you know, and like my husband and I have both felt like that. Like, um, so that's why we moved back. So, but I mean, that and it basically it was my dream job there you know like because it, it was great you know mm -hmm. um so when i came back here that's what i sort of i was looking for you know like uh um looking for an executive chef position where like maybe i could grow in with like the owners and like put together and assemble a team sort of a thing you know and um yeah like i signed on to do uh mass which was uh, what do you call that area again? Um, where like Randolph and like where all those restaurants are on like Fulton, Fulton Market. Market. Fulton yeah, Market yeah. restaurant. So row. like it's in that zone. It was like just before it started getting like crazy over there. So was um, Mannion there at the time? No. Was he at Chant? No, was no, he? No, like at. Oh, no. Right. So I know that he had. So no, this was a different. Uh, Mas had, that one, I think, had already closed. Oh, okay. Yeah, that place had already closed. So, but that was the name that they want. We can't have an episode without bringing up John Mannion. <laughs> <laughs> he gets brought up every time. Really? Yeah, he's he'll great. text us and I'll be yeah. like, again? With the <laughs> yeah. Um, he's another one that saw me cry. <laughs> Everybody has seen me cry. <laughs> um, and like that didn't work out. I felt like I like just kept on getting to a wall where like people didn't want to trust me to do the menu that I wanted and like it became very frustrating to me because it's like you love the tasting this is why I'm here this is why you're giving yeah. me this position and now you're telling me like well people aren't going to know what this is or what that is or like no like this should be on the menu or like they're like it's like no 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 you know like that's it's not like, I want full creative control with the menu, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what do you think the reservation was? They didn't think diners' palettes were ready uh, for that? Or, or sexism? Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. It could be a combination of all of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, yeah it was just really frustrating to me because it's like, listen, like, if I'm going to, like, I know how hard I work. And, like, when I do something, it, like, literally takes for a in a bad way, like it takes over my life. Do you know what I mean? Because again, I always look at myself as an artist and I feel like, why the fuck would I hang a piece out if it's a gallery where they're coming to see my work? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, or they may not be coming to see my work, but then when they leave, like, it's like, oh, who, who is this? Like, oh, this is good. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not gonna do that, do you know? like. 
and that to me was all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so like yeah, you had something to say. Walked away from positions already it. when it's like opening places, and um, I'm sure maybe that happens. Like I mean, because there's groups that open up all the time, right? All the time, and they always have everything ready. Everything's like, oh, I have my design company. I have. Uh, this and that, you know, all of these fucking pieces for everything, you know, like, and then like, they're like, oh, okay, now let's look for a chef, you know, like, it's like the last thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, like, and we're just gonna tell them what to do. Like, that mm-hmm. works out for some people, right? Like, but that's, that was not what I wanted, you know, like, yeah. not at all. Like, I want full creative control with the menu. And like, I want them to see what I bring to the table. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so, because I'm going to be there all the time. And more than likely, I'm the one that's going to make your whole fucking team. Do you know what I mean? Because right, yeah. everyone, all all you guys are dipping. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's going to dip. You know, so, like, it has to be, you know? And so, yeah, so I, I had walked off from, like, some places because because of reasons like that. And um, um, So Mito Kai is your full expression of... Yeah. Like your well, then I got to dream, I right? got hired for a spot for Cantina in 1910, and it was um, a big, like it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and like great, you know. But like it started as like, and I had like full creative control. Like I really felt like it's so funny because it's like, it's like almost this like tragic love story, right? Like this tragic love story where it's like, oh, the owners loved me and they like. They did so many, like, expanded my horizons with, like, Midwest because it was, like, they wanted to be Midwest, like, year-round, whether that was, like, preservation, like, 70%. You know, like, they're throwing out, like, so, like, I, they would do, I went to Madison, Wisconsin to get, like, certified for preservation and canning and all of that. And this was, like, all them. Like, they would, for, like, two years, you know, in opening because you know, things kept on getting delayed. So they're like, oh, well, why don't you go over here on this farm or do this or that? Like, oh, wow. And so, like, I learned so much about Midwest and, like, farming. And I had never really experienced that to its fullest until that time, you know? Mm. So, like, it was great, you know? We're like, oh, well, let's go to New York to meet. The, like, it, it was amazing, you know? Like, and so it's, like, all this, like, beautiful experience. And then once it started, like, getting... It just didn't end the best way you know so it didn't end the best way and that was sad because i had put so much of my life into it and team and um the that was like the biggest sort of team that i had ever sort of put together in the kitchen like we had like baking and bread and breakfast and lunch and dinner and um I mean, we had like 30 people in the kitchen. It was crazy, Whoa. you know, like uh, all these different turns and different aspects. And, you know, um, it was great because I got to like pick the general manager. I got to pick the, the the beverage director. And and we were all really tight, you know, like especially with the beverage director. And it was like my longtime chef de cuisine. Um, it, it just was so sad to have, you know, like had to walk from that as well, you know. You just know when something's not, it's not so what went, worth it. So what went wrong, or when did you realize that it wasn't going to work out? Um, Pretty before opening, like, uh, basically, as we were getting closer, like, I know that opening a restaurant is incredibly, like, now I could, you know, look back and be like, yes, like, I, I understand how, you know, $1 million project turning into $3 million project could be incredible, you know, like, 
incredibly stressful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like when things don't open up the way, it, there was just a lot of sort of moving pieces. And I just kind of knew, but didn't want to accept it because you had put so much. Yeah. But then it, it started getting right, to the point where it's like, it, it needs to happen, you know? So mm-hmm. and that was bad. From there, I took time off and like fell into a fucking deep depression for like a couple months. Mm. And then it was really like fellow Chicago chefs and entrepreneurs and stuff that kind of, I feel like really sort of gave me my confidence back. They were just like, hey, like, what are you up to? You're gonna open up your own place because you're ready, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, and then like I took a lot of sort of like calls and like meetings with people who like who want who want to like open up a restaurant. Like, oh, I have the space for you to take a look at. But it was always the same thing, you know. Like, I feel like at that point they're like, oh yeah, we'll make you into an owner. Bullshit, you know. Like it's not. Yeah, like there's no percent. like oh yeah pro- profit sharing. Like yeah, like you're gonna open the books up to me. I'm gonna yeah. have access to that. I'm gonna be able to see how like where. You know, like, no, like, I, I know, like, that's, didn't like any of those deals. And, th- and then that's why I'm just like, you know what, I think I, I can do this, you know. And so I started just consulting and like working on my business plan and like just the fantasy of Mitokaya. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. Did you know you always wanted to be in Logan or? Yeah, I lived in Logan. I've always, like, even before we left in uh, D.C., I've just always loved Logan a lot. Um, um, yeah, just that to me was just always, like, sort of uh, has some of, like, this, like, old history, beautiful landscaping, beautiful parks. Uh, I mean, you mercados, Latino markets. Yeah. Um, a little bit of everything. It's diverse. It's um, yeah, you know, great food and small businesses everywhere. Uh, you could get around anywhere. Um, so yeah, I just always liked Logan a lot. So have, I knew it was going to be in Logan. You have such a perfect location. Did you were you eyeing that spot or did you look at some other yeah, spots? Yeah. So it's the, when I first got back from DC, I like loved. So my my daughter always went to Britano. So like I would drop her off in Brentano, which is a school just down the street yeah. from there. Seth is and the I'm just like, school. I love, yeah. I'm like, I love this corner. I love this place. It's so beautiful. It's like in the neighborhood, tucked away, like such a, you know, like it just seemed like such a beautiful location. And um, they had already, at that point, they didn't have anybody in there. But I'm like, I also don't have... And that's funny because, like, in my head, I was like, I also don't have $600,000. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm like, and I don't know if I want to do all that. And I, I don't know anybody here. I don't have, uh, like, anybody, you know? Like, so um, so I'm just like, no, I'm just going to look for a gig, you know? And so, and then I would always keep my eye on it, right? Because and then I saw that, like, an all-day diner went in there. And I'm just like, oh, great spot for a restaurant. Like, oh, good for them. 
And then when I would go there, sometimes pick up my kid from school and then like go in there. I'm just like, oh man, you know, at that point I had called my realtor and I was just like, I know this isn't on the market, but maybe it is, or I don't know if you know, like, can you find out anything? And then, and then, yeah. And then I don't know if they were about to go on the market or what, but like right away we put, you know, a bid on it and and then from there it just everything happened really fast wow. so it was like a year from like it was like a year of not I mean I was working a lot but like working do you know what yeah. I mean not having a um, from Cantina 1910 to like this so it was pretty crazy has it exceeded your expectations um Been yeah harder? I mean I never I think you know you always kind of have to put yourself in in that mindset like Back then, I didn't, like, I was just looking to create my um, sort of ideal place, you know? Like, I, I wanted it to be an antojeria. I wanted it to be exposed. I wanted to, like, bring that, like, the flavors of what it is to, like, grow up as a Mexican kid. Like, I want, like, when people come in here, like, if you're Mexican, like, and you come in and you taste us, like, you're going to be like, yeah, like, that reminds me of home. Like, um, and then also, like, give that awesome people love Mexican food right but there's not but a lot of people but don't know anything about it you know so like I wanted to sort of like show people just how beautiful the food is and how you know it's not just like taco tostada combination number three you know like yeah. um you know I did that with at my parents place like that that was like to have a business you know like this place to me like to me it's like no this is of course business right but like to me it was like this is where you know like I get to be all like a mom I get to be uh the chef I wanted to be I get to be you know sort of all it should embody all these things right so I didn't know what I was thinking that it was I just knew what I wanted to build and wanted to like sort of you know have embody right like I never, ever, ever thought that. I didn't even think like, oh yeah, we're gonna be busy or we're not. Like, I honestly, I never even thought about any of those things, you know. Like, and then when we opened, it was crazy, you know. Like, it just was crazy. It was crazy busy, and it was just like a whirlwind of everything. And it was a lot of fun. We didn't. We learned all the things that we were not doing well. <laughs> um, <laughs> all the time you know so yeah. like yeah I mean but you learn and you keep you know you have to take the time to like yeah I mean we just went with it really went with it and I feel like when we were 2019 was when we're like okay I think that we're organized now and we got like I think we're we know what we're doing now you know like as far as like business internally yeah. you know what I mean sure. um and then 2020 happened and we closed, you know. But then it was kind of, in retrospect, now it's like you rebuilt it. And like, I feel like we went through that whole thing again. And I feel like we know everything about our business now. We ended up buying our uh, our uh, investor out. That's great. And, um, yeah, it's like we feel good about it, yeah. So you came back stronger. Yeah, I think so. Nice. So there's a there's a big Mexican population in Logan Square. Have you found that people have gravitated in to the restaurant because you're doing something different and maybe more authenticity and different ingredients than 
maybe a, a traditional American like Mexican the restaurant. people of Logan Square. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Yeah, like so. Just for context, or a similar. I'm gonna try to draw a parallel Jay-Z. here, so, so bear with me. Um, but Lily Wang and uh, her partner opened Nine Bar in Chinatown. Her family has run Moon Palace, like a traditional mm-hmm. kind of American Chinese uh, restaurant. And then they kind of turned into Nine Bar. And Lily has always been like very conscious of like the context of Chinatown. And they're opening this kind of like cocktail bar in Chinatown. And mm-hmm. how would the Chinese, you know, uh, Chicago residents like respond to this like new concept? And how heavily, you know, like the scrutiny that they were under or that they perceived and just seemed like there was a lot of pressure for them to like succeed, not just as like a cocktail bar, but a cocktail bar within Chinatown. Yeah, Yeah, that fits in, I guess. Yeah, that like fit in without, you know, messing Mm -hmm. with it too much. And yeah, no, I didn't have that. I don't think I had that. Honestly, um, maybe I'm not that smart or what, but like. You know, I, I think it's just something that I wanted to do. I didn't think yeah. about. I, I was more thinking about dr- building my dream place. I knew where I wanted it to be in Logan, and I knew that I wanted it to be like an open. Yeah. But um, I mean, I guess that's why I live here to begin with, right? Like, yeah. like. Um, but no, I didn't think about anything grander than anything grander than myself to tell you the truth so i guess <laughs> yeah. you know uh, I and i also didn't secret, feel though. any pressure yeah. either you know like i yeah. also didn't feel any pressure or anything i just wanted to the only pressure really that i felt was honestly was the fact that um um you know we're putting our house down on the line and it's yeah, just it's like yeah. and again like you know at this point i have two kids um married two kids um and you know we had bought a two flat and i don't know how many years it's been like but you know my husband obviously knows that i work like i knew it was that conversation about being like all right do you really want to do this like this is like I just was really happy that he was really just like, yeah, let's do it. Like he was without a question and stuff. And I guess just me coming from like, I know, like, again, the undertaking that it could be for uh, especially a marriage and stuff like that. Like, I guess that's the only thing like that I felt pressure about. I'm like, what if I lose and then I like put my family in a bad place? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like all this work that like he had done because I sure as hell didn't bring money to the table to buy the house he did that you know what i mean like i wasn't making any money uh but um it sounds like a good relationship yeah Yeah. like and like that you know so i think that's the only pressure that i really felt i mean i don't really think too much about what how something's gonna be perceived or if people like it like do you know what i mean like i think that they're gonna like it because i like it you know yeah are the kids hanging out around the restaurant have they shown any interest in cooking um not really no yeah how how old are they uh 11 and 8 um no they don't really i don't think so no (laughs) but who knows they're still really young yeah and have your parents as you've gained all this knowledge from high-end restaurants and the dining scene and you know worked in different cities have they ever tapped you to to consult on their places you know what the they 
closed a restaurant the, the year that we opened. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, I think that they miss it, you know, mm-hmm. like they miss the restaurant, especially my mom. I'd say more so my mom, you know, because it was uh, my mom's always loved to like throw dinner parties and she's always one of those people who's always also cooking something different and mm-hmm. she's like a magazine hoarder, you know, like yeah. I want to cook this dish and this dish and um, so I, th- I know that she misses the sort of like people and hosting sort yeah. of uh, aspect to it. Yeah, How often do the parents come in? Uh, they come in, I'd say fairly often. It's now they live in Juliet. These, these they move all the time, <laughs> uh, and they just keep moving further and further and further. So like uh, they come in probably, I'd say on average a year, like probably once once a month. I'd say. And are they always super complimentary? Uh. My dad is, my mom always tells it how it is. Like she, she's mm-hmm. always going to be like, oh, este no me gustó. Or like, yeah. oh, este está, te salió muy salado. Or like, <laughs> so she like, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they also wouldn't go there if they didn't like the yeah, food. Yeah, of course. You know, like they're, you know they're that, that kind of people. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anything else before we get to the gratuity round, which is kind of our version of a lightning round of questions. Anything else that you want to talk Sorry. about? <laughs> Stuff um, coming up. Oh yeah, you mentioned mm-hmm. your. Uh, we've got something coming up with Stephanie Izard and. Um, oh well, actually, well. you know what? Yeah, I can talk about this. Um, so for our birthday, I'm so excited. I can't wait for this because I think it's just going to be like. Can't wait to take this photo out with this group of chefs. <laughs> uh, so for our birthday, it's going to be uh, March 16th. It's a Thursday. And last year we did a taquisa. Taquisa is pretty much just like a all-out crazy taco party, right? So uh, we we invited a bunch of our like uh, favorite Mexican chefs, and then everybody kind of creates two tacos, and they're just like stations, just tacos coming from everywhere, all all corners at you. That's awesome. Um, and obviously music and. Um, music and cocktails i mean everything right so it was great it was uh, we loved it and so this year we're like you know what let's uh do the same thing but this time it's women's month why don't we do uh not that it wasn't the year before but <laughs> i don't know i'm like why don't we do um all women lineup and also last year we didn't raise any money why don't we uh raise some money for caf and then also um Let's see, so CAF, all women lineup, tacos, birthday, celebration sort of a thing. So we have, yeah, it's just gonna be incredible. So we have, so I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna ask these, let's see if they like, and then they're like, no backups. I'm like, no, they're all gonna say yes, I hope. <laughs> and then every day, you know, like every day I'm like, they're like, oh, I'll check my calendar. And I'm like, oh, check yeah. it, check it. How long does it take to take a ch- check a calendar? You know, even though like I do the same thing, you know, like I was just really antsy. So we have um, Stephanie, we have Beverly, we have Sarah Grunberg, we have uh, Sarah. Um, Sarah Miss Bagel. I've never said yeah, her name out loud. Yeah, I've yeah. never we, said her name. We actually talked sorry about this for, yesterday. Yeah, like sorry for slaughtering your name. Yeah, it's a lot of syllables. <laughs> uh, yeah. From Low Lounge and uh, Tigis. Uh, again, I don't know if this is Reda. I <laughs> say Reda. I don't know. Uh, from um, Demerara. 
So five wow. amazing. That's an that's insane lineup. Yes, I know. So wow. I'm like super, super excited um, about that. And yeah, it's just going to be everybody creating tacos. So cool. And a great time raising money for something important to me. And yeah, good time. And so right. that's men are allowed to come. Yes, okay. everybody's. Right. <laughs> yeah, everybody is allowed to come. It's a party, and it's just in celebration. Yeah, it sounds you know? like a great time. Yeah, yeah. it sounds awesome. Joiner's podcast is brought to you by PartyCan. PartyCan is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. All right, Deanna, what's your death row meal? My death row meal is... Uh, I'd probably ask my mom to just bring something in. Uh, right now, again, I always change. I, that's why I, I don't have any tattoos or anything. I couldn't imagine having anything. You know, like I'm literally water. You know, I'm a Pisces. Like I'm not, no, you know, fluid. <laughs> so, I mean, I would probably just say right now, I, I'm really always thinking about my mom's tortitas de res, but... It changes all the time. So something that my mom would bring. Today, okay. that's the answer. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite hidden gem restaurant? Doesn't have to be in Chicago. Um, hidden gem restaurant. That's a hard one because I, I have to like, I don't. Yeah, we can come back to it. Okay? Yeah. We'll circle Let me try to think about that. Okay. Well, this one's kind of similar. What's your favorite taqueria in Chicago? Uh, you know what? It's going to be. So Rico Fresh is the supermarket that's right in like my backyard and they have rico's tacos it's like this little taqueria when you go into there Mm -hmm. and they do such a great job like really they do such a great job um they have a bunch of different guisados that they always do that's just like home style cooking that you know so good and then uh they just have that like that casera sazon there you know and then the tacos too they're chicken chicken tacos because they do like chicken a la parrilla their carnitas their carnitas game is on point nice um it's three minutes from where we lomo. are right now it oh yeah you guys should go there yeah, you get the lomo taco the lengua taco the carnitas or the pollo they're all really good so all right great that's the place that we normally go for tacos yeah great good tip all right what's your favorite fast food uh, you know what? We don't go to fast food. We don't no. do fast food. We're getting um, a lot of these recently. I know. Everybody early on. Bayless, like, Terry. Everyone's like you, Taco yeah. Bell, McDonald's. Now people are like, I don't eat that shit. <laughs> no, it's really hard. to Honestly, like I hate to be that snob, but it's just, you know, once you, there is this time, right, that like we, for whatever reason, like we just stopped going to, like every now and again, like I remember I, I, my, my thing at McDonald's was like a filet of fish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a long time that we haven't had, and we were like driving from like New York back to DC, and we stopped and got like Burger King, and it was, I'm just like, I couldn't, I didn't 
swallow. Like it was just really bad. And then like, I don't know, I just, that's the way I feel about it. It just doesn't yeah, taste good it. anymore. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it just doesn't taste good anymore. Yeah. Like I can't drink shitty cocktails anymore. I can't, yeah. like I, I just yeah, can't. Yeah. I can't I drink shitty wine, which is like everywhere. Yeah. You know, like I only like to, like so like it's just one of those things. That you know? is like, true. It's just doesn't the older taste you the get same. and the more you learn, yeah. the less tolerance you have. It just doesn't taste good. And then also like, you know, I'm already sort of like, trying to take care of my body and it's like that's just not gonna it doesn't sit well with me and it's just like if I'm going to go I love food if I'm gonna like eat something like I want it to be delicious and I don't want any like sort of like my body fighting me on it you know what I mean yeah yeah I get that uh all right what's your favorite cocktail uh really anything with mezcal I mean I can't tell you how much I love about mezcal like something refreshing or it needs something to like be a cocktail right because i was just gonna say just mezcal <laughs> yeah. um i remember uh, i remember at wanda Wega, you brought a nice bottle of mezcal yeah um mm, you know what yeah it, it just anything that's good I mean, okay, fair <laughs> doesn't enough. have to be it doesn't have to be one or the other i just okay. like if it's good it's good are there but, other ingredients that you love with mezcal i would say that you know what there is some places in um in Mexico, there's just like cocktail places there. They're just so amazing because their fruit is like from there. They literally get it like, and it's just so. I really kind of like it with like uh, past its hour fruit, you know, mm. a little bit like I think is really good. But then, yeah, so I, I like it like that. And then I also like uh, um, when they're up, uh, anything that's a quality spirit or like liqueurs that that creates balance like i I really like as well all right do you have a favorite mezcal brand you know what not really and i feel like that's because they're all very different and i feel like um maybe one of these days i'll do a blind tasting (laughs) to see see where i'm at with with mezcal because you know it, it really is different and you could even tell when they're different like sometimes you could even tell, like, you know what, this one's a little bit more mineral. Even if it's like right now, we have, I think we've had Union for a long time to be like our sort of like um, house mezcal. Yeah. Right. Like, so, like, I feel like that one's still probably the one that I like drink the most mm-hmm. uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, I went there and like I love the owners and all the like got to meet everybody. It was great. So it's like personal for me. Yeah. Um, but then, all these other mezcales that we bring in, they're all so incredible on their own. You know, so like, it's hard for me to pick my, my son's asked me this too. Like, which one do you like more? Like, I, I would make a terrible judge because I'd be like, <laughs> I like everybody. Yeah. You know? Everybody wins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're all very different. So I would, I don't know if I could pick a favorite one. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I would say right now, the Rumbes, uh, it's Salmiana. And it's because it's from SLP, and I think it tastes very different. And SLP is where my family's from, San Luis Potosí. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, what's a trivia category that you dominate? feel like Mexican cuisine. Yeah, there you go. Um, That's I what Bayless' answer was. Could Mexican cooking be a category? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so said, I would sure, say Mexican yeah. cuisine. Yeah. Um, you only need one. Yeah. yeah. One. We'll yeah. stick with that. Okay. All right. Yeah, and then... I'll we'll uh, have to put you and Bayless head to head. 
Oh, oh yeah. don't. He'd probably, he's, he, he's, you've got years on me. It doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. <laughs> no, but oh my God, he knows so much. It's insane. Yeah, he's a, like yeah. an encyclopedia. Thousands yes. of trips to Mexico. Yeah, he's and away. like, yeah, yeah. I want to go to his library so bad. Oh my gosh, yeah. He yeah, probably shouldn't let me there. in there. I yeah, probably... Yeah. Lee would steal something. Yeah, you'd have to yeah. check your bag at the door. He'd probably yeah. gift you whatever. He's a very generous guy. Um, True. To- <laughs> so now I do want to go. Yeah, be like, sure. I will humbly ask. Yeah. Uh, to what do you attribute your success? I've had very, very super supportive parents. Um, they've always been like sort of, you could do whatever you want. The world is yours. Like a little Scarface in there. Like the world is yours. Mm-hmm. You could do whatever you want. My mom's an artist, so I feel like she's just like, just find out what you want to do and try it and do it. And, you know, so I feel like they've always been super supportive. And I feel like maybe that has always been a message that they've instilled in me. Um, I've always kind of felt really lucky that I knew what I wanted to do at such a young age. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that that's something, I mean, it looked People love to have purpose and they search for it their whole, like, so, and I, I'm not even somebody who's like, oh, like, believes in luck, but like, I really feel lucky for knowing what I wanted to do at such a young age and that I was supported. Um, so I would say that. It, it would have yeah. been weird if you. Yeah, I mean, it's something that it I love and, to do. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. So, like, I think that, like, um, having a supportive family, especially parents, you know, um, Um, I think supportive parents and, well, you know, me (laughs) and uh, supportive husband. And I think I also get really, really inspired from um, really from from women, to tell you the truth. Um, I've always loved food from somebody's home. You know, like food from somebody's home. It's a big thing in Mexico when, like, you go, like, well, they cook for you at their home, and it's like a big deal because, again, you're inviting somebody to your home. That's that's a very personal space, right? Yeah. So we just did that in Mexico. We went to a Mayan family's home, and they cooked an ashiote chicken dish. It was mm. it's so cool to see. You know, you got grandma making tortillas there. It was yeah. It was a really special. Yeah. Experience. You know, like it's there's nothing like it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, um, and especially in Mexico because it's. Um, well, women, by and large, are still in charge of making food, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so, and they've also have created this cuisine that, like, I love. So I feel like uh, my parents, a little bit of my parents, a little bit of me, and uh, women. Good answer. Great. And then your last question. What is something that bars or restaurants do that annoys you? Bars or restaurants do? Uh, honestly, um, what annoys me, I think, the most is probably shitty service. Um, because it's just, if your job is to, you know... Yeah, it's inexcusable. It really is. And, you know, that to me has always been, like, sort of the drawing line. I, I've gone into many places where it's just, like, there's no heart because nobody cares you yeah. know like and it's like oh you don't like people well then get yourself another fucking job yeah. do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like right. because it's really clear what your job here is supposed to do <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean Absolutely, and it's just like totally. and you're just it's just i don't really like that at all yeah, you know you're, like you're preaching to the choir it's so important to like us at mitokaya and it really is sometimes people 
especially, you know, this is like a young person game. Like there's like almost everybody that we employ are in their 20s, yeah. right? And a lot of times it's like some people naturally have it, like just naturally have that sort of hospitality and inviting and that's great. Some people um, uh, like sort of the things that they're doing, but they have to like know more. And there's just some like things to it, right? But like the biggest thing is just like look at people, really look at them. Do you know what I mean? Like look at them, be nice. It's, it's you know, like be nice. And people really just want to be loved and also like not overlooked. Do you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's really sort of our style of service, you know, like be nice, don't overlook people. Do you know what I mean? Like people hate to be ignored, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like, so I feel like that to me is like really, really important. And that's one of my pet peeves about places that bad service, meaning that people are not nice or don't treat people well. Yeah, that's a solid answer. And that's the last question we have. So thanks yeah. so much for Thank joining you. us today. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm out of sparkling. So. <laughs> <laughs> And that concludes our conversation with Chef Diana Davila of Mitokaya. Thanks so much for listening. And remember to check us out at Joiners Pod on Instagram for exclusive content, including Throwback Thursday pictures, cocktails for our guests, as well as new fancy video reels. Compliments of Joe Guzzo the Joe, Third. Joe Guzzo the Third coming in big. He, uh, if you've seen Goat Boy, Jonathan Zaragoza's content on Instagram, you're familiar with his work. You are. Uh, And as always, this episode was produced by Matt Haddock and music by Captain Cuts. Check you next week. See ya.